Right now, if you're scaffing, critting, screeding, H-backing, dunny diving, or electricianing, sparking, then you don't want to be sitting on the side of the road with a work truck that's smoking. You could get an insurance company that includes roadside assistant for when your work truck ain't starting and needs towing. Get onto truckassist.com.au. It's insurance to keep on earning and bacon and egg rolling. Limits and exclusions apply. Consider the PDS and TMD on the Truck Assist website. This week on Full Credit to the Noise, the Erebus Exodus continues. We're just hours from the Bathurst 12-hour and AVL cleans up at the Grammys. Welcome to Full Credit to the Noise. Well, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Full Credit to the Noise, episode two. They said we'd never make it. You can find this podcast on Twitter at FCTTN Podcast. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at former underscore legend. You can find the bloke across from me on Twitter at AVL underscore motorsport. He's on Instagram at avl.motorsport he's on pinterest at avl.arts and crafts he's a man who this week has declared he cannot wait to hear the dulcet tones of john hindorf at the bathurst 12 hour he recently accused christian horner of inappropriate behavior and tonight he's wearing a cold trickle number 51 mellow yellow hoodie welcome to speed cafes andrew van lewin Thank you, former, and happy Valentine's Day, my friend. Oh, yes, we're recording of on Wednesday. I cannot think of anybody better to be spending <laughs> the evening with than you. And yes, I am very excited about John's commentary at the 12 hour. He is incredibly informative, uh, almost always correct in what he's saying, and never shouty and useless and a blight on the coverage of an otherwise great <laughs> event. So um, I welcome his inclusion. A quick shout out to David Addison, a commentator that certainly wouldn't do. An infinitely better job of calling the race than John while still providing an international <laughs> voice, by which I mean a pommy accent. So, yeah, it's 12-hour week and I can't wait to uh, to hear the big fella get into it. Well, it's been a big week for you all up. I mean, congratulations, obviously. You were named Journalist of the Year at the Grammys or somewhere, Motorsport Australia mm. National Awards. Your newest book has just come out and you crashed a brand new KTM in Spain. It's been quite the week. Well, <laughs> I... Um, yes, I was. I was actually there to collect my, uh, my my journalist of the year gong this time around because I was over in Spain, embarrassing professional bike journos at a KDM launch, and by embarrassing them, I mean they were embarrassed to be seen riding in the same group as me. Um, but it is always an honour to be recognised by the governing body, and particularly with the change in my career in the past twelve months, it's great to notch up a journalistic award in Cafe Racing Green. But I did. I can actually lay claim to having uh, crashed a bike while I was there. Um, I wasn't actually planning on never telling the story, but it did happen uh, in pit <laughs> lane. Here we are. As I came in, as I came in from my last run, thinking, "Man, that's unreal! I can't believe I got through this whole thing unscathed." And I grabbed a bit too much front brake and fell off the thing as I tried to come to a stop. Uh, I think I just let a little concentration. So I did try to, I did try to palm it off at the uh, at the present at the sort of not presentation the. The little party at the end of the night when the, the, the head of marketing was going around asking everyone what they, what they thought. He said, oh, I heard you had a crash. I said, yeah, I had a bit of a high side through the flip-flop over the back. <laughs> uh, and he was like, oh, I'm pretty sure it was in pit lane. I was like, yeah, that could also be true. Um, so a little bit embarrassing, but uh, tell you what, if you fancy a pretty fast motorbike, a 1390 Super Duke R is probably going to sort you out. Well, mate, whilst you've been 
gallivanting all around the countryside. It's been a massive week again here in motorsport. We had supercars testing down at Winton and up at Queensland Raceway. We had supercars announce that they're going to test at the 12-hour, which will um, tread on some toes. Uh, Matt Stone Racing released their liveries, as did Shell, as did um, Newlon today with uh, Premier. But above all else, the Erebus exodus has continued. Coca-Cola are now gone, joining other uh, major sponsors in departing the team. Uh, when the headlines scream, no Coke in supercars in 2024, I had people calling me from all over Australia, AVL, mainly the Gold Coast, I'm not going to lie, and they're all saying if there's no Coke in supercars, we're not going to the Gold Coast 500, let me tell you. I also had a few blokes from Western Sydney worried that speed may also be missing in 2024, but I was assuring them that you didn't have to look too hard past the uh, outskirts of the Eastern Creek compound to find some speed. Um this week, the Ford Red Bull Supervan is going to um, lap the 12-hour uh, up the Bathurst track, obviously, at Mount Panorama. It's also going to go to the Repco Adelaide Motorsport Festival and the Rolex Formula One uh, Australian Grand Prix with the announcement confirming that a special guest today will be behind the wheel for the Albert Park laps. Uh, you're pretty much Eddie McGuire at the moment, Eddie everywhere. Will you be doing that as well, or are you going to give someone else a go at that? Uh, I can confirm it will be me driving it. No, not not really. I did enjoy that there was a correction sent out on the press release today um, from Ford, and I don't mean to dump anyone, my good mates at Ford, into this. Um, I know a couple of the fellas in the press department there well, but they sent out a correction saying, uh, sorry, we won't be running in three three motor mode with 1,400 horsepower. We'll be running in four motor mode with 2,000 horsepower. Like, that's a massive like just getting it 600 horsepower wide is a pretty uh, is a pretty crazy <laughs> statistic for something on that but it's like oh yeah we can just turn on another motor and it has 600 extra horsepower that's uh that's pretty wild stuff that's that's electrification that's the that's the that's you know some people's the future of the future of motoring and like holy moly like I mean you have to like you have to do a fair bit of bore and stroke work and tune up some carbies to find 600 horsepower normally but there it's a flick of a switch it's pretty wild. Well, while they muck around looking for 600 horsepower here and there on the flick of a switch, I kid you not, my engine light keeps flashing on and off this week in the Camira. So electrified in, the, in a different kind of way. But, you know, and if you put them side by side, you'd hardly know the difference between my Camira and that super, that, uh, super van. Um, all right, let's uh, get serious and go time certain and head into the shift cut. All right, mate, let's start first up. And it's the the uh, like I said, it's the story that just keeps lurching from one week to another. Let's, hey, hey, let's get the timers going. This let's get the timers going this week for him because I think we uh, <laughs> I think we overshot the pit box a few times last week from uh, right. from what I've heard. Let's do this. All right, we'll start it now. Can Erebus can the nightmare start to their season be repaired? I mean, we've had Coke out, we've had Shaw and Partners out, we've had SCTR out. They've had attacks on the team from Pit Lane about their decision to run the champions number one during pre-season testing. There's people hinting towards an apparent toxic workplace. And then your man, Roland, he didn't miss on Speed Cafe. I said, I'll quote him here. One of the very basic components of good leadership is the ability to self-examine properly on the basis that you can't put something right if you don't admit there's something wrong in the first place. Today, the sport finds itself with both a team and the category management living in some sort of bubble whilst evidently in denial. Whack. <laughs> There's Roland for you. Yep. You don't. I've been on the wrong side of Roland before in my life, and it's not a very pleasant place to be, I'll tell you that right now. He uh, he does not miss. Yeah, look, this is a very interesting question, Former. For all the changes that have gone on at that team, and you've run through them all there, 
the bones of the team are actually still there. I mean, the engineers are still there. A lot of mechanics are still there. You know, a lot of the guys and girls that played a big part in making those cars so fast and winning those titles last year are actually still there. So there's no real reason that the cars should suddenly plummet to the very back of the pecking order. What it is is a big test for Jack LeBrock and Todd Hazelwood to prove where they are both at. You know, we know they are both professional-level race drivers. There's no questions there. But there is a chance to show that they are really proper A-graders, you know, good enough to take capable machinery and really excel in it. And that's what A-graders do. And once they are in winning cars, it really shows. You know, I'm a tough Mm. marker when it comes to race car drivers. There's not actually heaps of what I refer to A-graders in the supercars field. doesn't mean I don't think there's a whole heap of really talented drivers out there, but I'm, you know, I'm talking about the really special ones. Um, So it'll be fascinating to see how Jack and Todd kind of shake out in cars that, you know, again, for all the turmoil the team's gone through with this team, you're not looking at sponsors pulling out and necessarily seeing a massive funding shortfall. We know that, you know, Betty comes from means and has those means to keep that team going, even if there isn't sponsorship pouring through the door. So there's actually no reason for those cars to absolutely lose all their speed um, for any for any reason other than the drivers. So big test for the drivers. Yeah, good call, mate. Um, let's go to the next topic, even though I've got a bit more to say about that. But uh, we might get that in uh, the next segment because mm. the next one is, could Brody be on the grid in two weeks' time? I mean, on the Wide World of Sports site, former HRT uh, boss Jeff Greck called on Supercars to release a spare racing licence in a last-ditch bid to have Brody on the grid to defend his title. Peter Adderton, meanwhile, a personal sponsor of Kostecki's and a former sponsor of Erebus's through Boost Mobile, reckons Supercars needs to step in and break the deadlock. Adderton told the Rusty's Garage podcast, great listen if you, sh- if you uh, have the time, that they should go to Betty and Barry, and say, you know what? He's not coming back. It's dragging the sport into the ground. Let's us buy his contract out. It's not good for you as a team. It's not good for us as a sport, and it's certainly not good for the fans. So I ask you, with rumours sort of blowing around that he could be somehow on the grid, will he be there, Avio? Uh, as I sit here right now, I doubt it. As this story was unfolding, I actually thought there was a very good chance that that would happen, but it feels like it's getting a bit late now. Mm. It's a tricky one with all the contract stuff because – there has been a lot of talk about what supercars should be doing, but at the end of the day, you know, the teams race to a to a charter, but they are private entities, you know. They they run yep. their own ship and and until there's proper claims of workplace bullying or whatever in place, there's probably not a whole bunch supercars can really do about it. Um there's still so much we don't know about this situation. There's so much left to play out. Uh, the whispers are at the moment that Erebus is keen to let the contract play out and not dissolve it, which is a it's somewhat understandable position when you've ended deals early for the likes of Reynolds and Will Brown in the past. And I don't mean understandable in the context of anything that has happened or hasn't happened internally at the team. I'm not taking sides or saying that anything that's happened has been, has been you know, not bad and those contracts shouldn't have been torn up. But what I'm saying is that, you know, it's understandable that there is a reality here where Betty is perhaps starting to wonder what the point of having a contract actually is if people just come and go as they kind of please. Mm. So there was a crazy amount of talk that Brody was going to lob up at Premier as soon as this year. He's been linked to DJR as well. I still think either of those teams will be a highly suitable home for him, but at the moment it feels like that's a that's perhaps a 2025 prospect, not a 2024 prospect. But, you know, I think there's plenty of scope for things to change as well. True or not is... Um, Chevrolet also involved in trying to make sure that he stays at least on their side of the fence. Is that true or not? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they had had discussions about that. We don't sort of see Chevy as actively involved 
with the race teams as perhaps we do the forward side of things. Um, they're more of a back sort of backroom player, uh, Chris Payne and his team there. But um, I'm sure they've asked the question about what's going on and why their championship winner's not on the grid. Just like in Spain, you've overshot your pit uh, entry there, mate. All right, let's go to the next topic. And it comes from uh, the journalist of the year of the Motorsport Australia National Awards. Could Jack Doohan and a Jack Doohan supercar wildcard be successful and likely? Um, this week, he put his hand up for a wildcard start in the supercars with an eye to the Bathurst 1000. When asked by Speed Cafe if supercars was of any interest, he said he'd jump at the opportunity to make a wildcard appearance, although he stressed it would be down the track, probably not this year. Um he said, I think in the future, it'd be really, really good to do a wildcard, especially at the Bathurst 1000. It would be really cool to leap out and do some special one-off or cool events. You know, they are amazing machine, and also the series gets great reach. I think everyone who watches it loves it, including myself, although no one enjoys the commentary. I might have added that bit myself, Avial. <laughs> Uh, look, who knows on this one? I think most drivers will express interest in doing the Bathurst 1000 or racing a supercar when you ask them about it. Um, but given Jack is an Aussie, I think you know expressing that desire carries a little bit more weight because the race and the series do mean something to him. Um, I wouldn't be putting money on it happening necessarily, but hey, stranger things have happened, uh, and particularly given there are no guarantees that you know his dream of being an F1 driver are going to come true given his career is kind of in that weird area now where he's outgrown formula 2 and there hasn't quite landed that formula 1 opportunity yet who knows maybe he'll maybe it won't be a wild card maybe he sets his sights on coming home and making a career down here which would be um which would be which would be exceptionally cool as well alpine have done i don't know what they're doing with the bloke i mean i thought they might stick him in their WEC car the endurance car yeah. given that uh, but they haven't put him in it. Um, they're going to use him as their test driver, and obviously he'll probably be at a lot of the uh, F1 races. And there is a whisper that if Ocon gets um, gets a drive at Mercedes, these are all big ifs, or even um, Gasly gets a drive, that maybe Jack could somehow slip in there. But I'd say, just like you said, mate, I think the odds are getting longer and longer by the day that Jack might be in Formula 1. All right, the next topic. Now, the grid's set for the 12-hour and uh, much like me, you're a, you're a fan of uh, talking to the bookies. Where's your money going this this weekend, Avial? That's a good old fashioned Daryl Tuffy you've got there, former. I do I do like the mm. group of M Mercedes. I think with Mara Engel, Felipe Fraga, and David Reynolds in the lineup. Um, I think if your weakest link and lunchtime shift driver is David Reynolds, then you're probably pretty well placed. So that's the one that stands out for me at the moment. What about yourself? Look, I think there's a couple. I mean, the withdrawal of the Hub Auto Porsche was a bit disappointing because they were very strong with Estra, um, Klaus Barkler, and Patrick Pillay. Uh, but obviously, they their car got stuck in the Asian Asian Sea or something, uh, the South China Sea. Um, but like, like you said, I think Dave is a is a real sniff of winning uh, our man um, in a strong team with strong drivers. Like you say, if he is the third best in that team, then they are flying. Yeah. Another Aussie in a top uh, factory seat is Jaden Ojeda, who will join yep. Craft Bamboo in the seventy seven Mercedes with Maxi Gotts and uh, Daniel Junkadella. Um, so he'd have to be also a sniff if Jaden's probably the number three driver in that car. He can steer. Don't worry about that. I actually, I, I actually owe I owe Jaden a bit of an apology here because um, when that story ran last week or whenever it was, the uh, the social tag that I used for the Speed Cafe story was you know could David Reynolds add a second leg to the Bathurst Triple Crown? Um, and he sent me a message saying, "Hey, like 
I could too. And I've spent, yeah, that's right. You did win the six hour last year. I <laughs> hadn't immediately sprung to mind, but um, he obviously said he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a good lad and a good mate, Jade. And he said it all in fun. But I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Yep. He is could also uh, definitely be adding ticked a, a few boxes. There. Yeah. And, um, and you know, if he does that, then he's, you know, there's a good chance he's going to be in an Erebus car at Bathurst, the one Bathurst 1000 this year as well. So he could bowl that over this year. You never know. Lowndes, Randall and Cam Waters is a strong combo too in Scotty Taylor's Mercedes. Um, yeah. And obviously yep. you've got you've got Will Brown, Brock Feeney and Mikhail Grenier. Uh, they'll be in the mix as well, mate. So Mercedes are strongly represented with those blokes. But for me, I just want the famous 46 to win AVL. It'd be an Great, amazing result, not to... Not just for the lineup of Rossi, Rafael Marciello, and Maxi Martin, but also for WRT and BMW who haven't tasted victory in the race. So I'm steering that way. Yeah, that'd be nice. There was a there was a group chat with a bunch of uh, Aussie journos with the head of uh, the head of BMW Motorsport yesterday, which I wasn't on, but one of my colleagues was, and um, they he spoke a lot about the fact that you know Valentino is genuinely valuable as a race car driver in the team and always pushes to be paired with the fastest drivers. Like he doesn't want to be the superstar. He's like, no, no, make me the third fastest driver so we can go out and win some trophies, um, which is mm. a pretty impressive attitude. So uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. Well, last year I was lucky. This has gone well over time. Sorry, Grant. Um, last year I was lucky <laughs> enough to do a bit of, bit of the track walk with Valentino and he was talking to a couple of the boys from his team and he got to Skyline. He said, whereabouts do we break here? And he, they were just on the edge of McPhillamy and they said, down at the, the bridge down there. And he went, no. So, um, <laughs> but I tell you what, it didn't take long for him to get up to speed because he was quite impressive last year, all jokes aside. Yep. All right. 15 cars started uh, the TCR round one at Sandown. How healthy is TCR Australia right now? Yeah, tough one. Tough one for me to answer because I actually didn't see much of it at all. I just sort of caught up on the news. Did love seeing Benny Barks have a win, I have to say. He's a, uh, it was good, wasn't it? Really a, good. He's a ripper. He's a ripper kid, that bloke. Uh, and it's fun to see him doing good things. But we'll see how it goes this year with the stand deal no longer being that kind of excuse on why it's not working i mean the the, the early i mean we are we are still early february like they are that's a tough meeting for people to get their cash together to go racing with mm, you know yep. at least they've made it a bit easier by being in melbourne not in tassie because last year it was like hey here's this expensive over ac race meeting you know that was on like the first week in february and they're like oh, i can't believe no one showed up and it kind of made <laughs> sense really so um, they've kind of made it a bit better, but still, I think all categories were sort of struggling to really get super strong numbers together this early in the year. Um, so, look, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't necessarily fully see the point of TCR Australia. Like, you know, at the same time, I guess you know you got fifteen cars. If you got five more, you got a pretty viable series. So, it's a massive wait and see for me. I'm never convinced it's going to be massive here in Oz, but if it's somewhere for some people to go racing and they like it, then you know, whatever. Let's just mm. keep plugging away with it. Mate, I'll throw one out from left field here. And I, I, for the life of me, I can't see why it wouldn't work. Why wouldn't they run TCRs over the summer break? They're, they're, it will be the only real mainstream motorsport series going around at that time of the year. They're not competing against supercars. They could run them under lights at a couple of different tracks. I'm telling you now, I think that is the future for a for a category to go into a summer uh, summer series would give them the best hope of breaking new ground and, and finding new fans. 
I, I, I never mind this, the, the theory of like a really short season as well. Like, you know, what TRS does. It's easy because you just rock yep. up there and do it over five weekends. Like, that's how it works. It's kind of what Formula... You know, I don't necessarily think we need a Formula 4 reboot, but at least the way they're doing it, I think, is the right way to be doing it. You know, just make yep. it short and sweet and get on with it. It keeps costs low. Like, you know, it's let's just go and... This is the money I need to do it. Let's go and do it. Get it done. So... Yeah, I, I I do agree with you. All right, um, second last. This is another interesting question. Are there too many categories of motorsport in Australia? On the weekend, when I look at Sandown, there were 51 cars over four categories for the weekend. Um, and I looked through the national series right now. We have supercars, Super 2, Super Utes, S5000, uh, Carrera Cup, TCR, LMP3, Radicals, Sports Sedans, Porsche Sprints, Toyotas, Aussie Racing, Production Cars, Prototypes, Trans Ams, TCMs, Formula Ford, Formula Open, Excels, Pulsars and HQs. That's the ones I could think of at the top of my head. Are we a big enough nation to support all that, plus historics, plus a bunch of other niche categories? Probably not. I take myself out of this conversation because I run a Kent powered Formula Ford. Like, I'm a traditionalist. I'm well, sticking the to the old... Historics. Sticking to the old not, categories here. Um, I've never but, had a crack um, at the historics. Historics are a different cattle of fish, but it just seems well, like no, there's well, one well, or two... Over, over here in Perth, well, they're not historic Formula Fords. You're not allowed to run a Durotech here. You can build a brand new car. There are brand new cars that come out of Fastlane that have Kents in them. Um, we just, uh, we're just hanging on to that carburetor technology, hoping it's going to make a comeback. But, um, plus, plus in I, Perth, it, it is, is, it is, it is still 1992 over there too. So there's that. Yeah, cor- correct. A fuel injection will get here at some point, but there, it is like, it's one of those things that's kind of like, you're a hundred percent right. Way too many categories, but like, what do you do about it? Yeah, I know. Like if people have a, a couple of cars and they want to race them, you know, should you also be stopping them? Like. I totally think there should be stricter control over what's out there, but it gets tricky when people see the opportunity to kickstart a category and make some money out of it. Like, look at that form of the four thing. Do we really need it? No. Probably not. But there's an argument that, you know, well, it might help get drive, young drivers overseas, whatever. Someone makes the argument, they bring a business case forward where they say, hey, we feel we can make some money off this and we can provide some value to customers to come and do it or whatever. And it suddenly becomes very tricky from a governing body perspective to just say no. Yeah, because you know you sort of go well, uh, well, well. What do you do? At some point, it becomes restriction of trade as well. So, um, mm. it's it's a tricky one. Like you are right, and it's a tricky one. But at the end of the day, it's there's you know someone's got the interest in doing something, a self interest in it. Then they're going to pursue it, and shutting that down is very very difficult. So, um, I guess that that's kind of just where we end up. Shutting it down is much like trying to stop you after two minutes thirty. But um, right here, final final question. Let's look at the world. Do Mercedes punt on Kimi Antonelli for twenty twenty five and put him straight into Lewis's empty seat? And if not, who should go in there? Um, I don't know that much about this Kimi Antonelli to really. Mate, be they've got wraps on him, massive wraps. Yeah, well, on that's him. that's great. That normally doesn't happen for no reason. If you look at the amount of pretty good drivers that get to F2, like Jack Dewan's a great example and don't really have anywhere to go. It's always great to see exciting new talent coming in. You know, you'd much rather that than they just roll around and sign Nico Hulkenberg, for example. You know, no, mm. nothing against mm. Nico, but just another name that you see pop up for the one millionth time. Mm. Um, I, I guess a bit will depend on the development trajectory of the team and how competitive they feel they're going to be in 2025. 
it'll depend a bit on how George squares up against Lewis this year if the car there's, is there's something that's something fascinating. What if Lewis hands Georgie's ass? What does that do to well, George's career? Well, that's what that's that becomes complicated, you know. And and if George is getting the most out of the car consistently, then taking that rookie punt is a fair bit easier. Mm. Um, I think the tough the tough thing for Mercedes with this Lewis split is that you're not just losing the guy driving the car. You have to go race him. Yeah, that's right. But you've got to go up against him now. So he's not just you're not just losing him and whatever he brings to your race team. He's now bringing whatever he brings to another race team. And I think that's what people often forget when they say, oh, anyone could win in that car. Like Lewis only won those championships because he was driving it. But he was driving it. Part of the reason he's driving that car is because that team doesn't want him driving someone else's car. Like they go, this is worth spending this bloke, like spending millions of euros on this bloke because we don't want to race him. We'd rather he was driving our, our thing. So... I think that that's that that's an interesting factor uh, and something that will be weighing on their minds. That you know you got to race him now. It's good when he's on your team, but tough when he's on another team. I find it interesting that Lando signed his contract so quickly, given that if he had held out for six weeks, he would have had a Mercedes seat to at least lean on, uh, maybe to leverage some more dollars. I don't know, but it just seems like he couldn't wait to sign a, a McLaren contract, which I find very interesting. He must have not seen that coming. At the end of the day, like as much as McLaren are kind of outdoing Mercedes at the moment, like factory teams are where you win your titles. Hundred percent. You know that's that, that that's where you go win your championships. So I would always always back on the on particularly for those big manufacturers. That's would always be a pretty safe bet. Would have been a great signing for uh, Mercedes to, you know, as we touched on in the first episode to kind of like Lando would have been the great anti corporate kind of driver George is very corporate really you know Not he's, yet. he's yeah. polished and he's like he's perfect you know stunning looking probably stunning probably kept the probably kept the fun going at that team that they're that they're going to lose when Lewis goes um, so yeah alright that'll do us for this week on the shift cut we'll head to an ad for word from our one of our new sponsors and uh, we'll come back with a bit of unders and overs this episode of Full Credit to the Noise is brought to you by Rabble Club. Hey, former, what's Rabble Club? Rabble is the world's first digital health and wellness club. Follow the revolution now. What's a digital health and wellness club, former? I can't exactly say, but it sure sounds impressive. No, seriously, what does it do? Okay, what if instead of freely giving away that data, we control where our data goes, harnessing its power to earn real rewards and help our community live longer, healthier lives. That's the basis of Rabble, the world's first digital health and wellness club. We're on a mission to reduce health expenses and extend life with quality by putting the power of your health data back into your hands and you can become part of the movement. I still don't understand. Don't worry, there are hundreds of people in the supercars pit lane just like you that have no clue what this is all about. Is there a website? No, but we've got a Facebook page with 210 followers. How do we know this is legit? We're the naming rights partner of Tickford Racing's car number 56 for the back end of the 2018 Virgin Australia Supercar Championship season. And we sponsored the Sandown 500. And in 2019, we will sponsor Gary Jacobson's Nissan. That's good enough for me. Where do I sign up? Um, Rabble. Be part of something bigger. Follow us now. 
tell you what, former, I've been a proud Rabble member for many years, and uh, the benefits are um, they're countless. Like you cannot, you literally can't count them. I got no idea what they are. I don't know if I've got two rumours mixed up here, but I've heard that Rabble might be going to Erebus, or Erebus might be going to a Rabble. I can't remember, but um, yeah, that's also a rumour mm. I've heard during the week. All right, let's yeah. let's start with some unders and yeah. overs. It's bordering on betting, but it's not really. So I'm going to give you set you a market. You're going to tell me whether you're going under or over the the level I set. It'll it'll become pretty easy when I start talking. So let's start off with this nice mm-hmm. easy one. Under unders or overs nine and a half. How many individual supercar race winners will be will there be in 2024? Remembering in 2023 there were ten. I had a bit of a think about this, and I'm going to go unders. And I think there should be pretty good odds for unders, but I'm going to go with it. I think, you know, we the whole, the pecking order will settle down a little bit this year in the second year of Gen 3. Yep. At the same time, no Brody does make it a very enticing title fight. So I mm. think we're going to see a few race winners. Um, i just not sure we're going to get back to 10. I'd be happy to be proven wrong. I'd happy, happily do my dough on this one, but I'll tell you. Okay, so if you're going to go unders, how many? Give me a number. Oh, you put me on the spot now. That's got to be five bucks. Oh, okay, give me a number. Yeah, how many a race number. winners? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I started doing a list and gave up when I realised I wasn't getting a ten. <laughs> I'm not running through them. Let's say I reckon there'll be seven, and that is said with seven. no, there's no background, no that, like absolutely no insight involved in that at all. That is a setting number. it at seven. That means a couple are going to miss out. Some big names are going to miss out on wins this year if you if you go yeah. off that. Yeah. I I think, but I'm with you. I, I think it'll be around nine. I think it'll be around nine, only because like you say, Brody's not here, Shane's not here. Um, so that takes two winners out, but that means it potentially could add more winners back in as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll say nine. I think it'll be a pretty even split, but um, and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be. Me- I don't think it'd be as many surprises as maybe there was last year. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I don't know. If you're going to see your Winterbottom Lebrock sort of. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly right. You know, somewhat. Somewhat completely unexpected race winners this year. Yeah. Yep. All right. Unders overs four and a half. How many different liveries for Macaulay Jones in 2024? There were five in 23. I hope it's unders because that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles livery can never be beaten. That was one of yeah. the high points of Supercar's livery work of all time. So I reckon it will probably be under there. Um, I reckon you'd take overs on Cam Hill, you know, given that's a rolling sponsorship thing that they're working mm. with there. Um, but I think for McCauley, I'm going to go I'm going to go unders. Yeah, I think it'll be unders as well. And quite frankly, I don't care how many liveries, but if they could bring back All You Can Eat Pizza Hut, that would be fantastic. Oh, um, the, like the bar, the, like the, the oh, dessert bar. and I just yeah, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Just de- destroyed uh, exercise regimes in, in, in matter, matter of hours. Uh, yep. Unders and overs, four and a half. The number of Erebus podiums in 2024. Remember... There were 27 in 2023. <laughs> oh, that's a big one. I'm Four going, and a half. I'm going... Mm, I'm going to go unders, but... Oh, that's it'll brutal. Be, it'll be close, and I reckon... I reckon Jack LeBrock's going to log a few pretty early in the season. Mm-hmm. I reckon he's going to be up there. I reckon Australian Grand Prix. I'll put me down for Jack LeBrock to be on the podium uh, at least once there. Um, yeah, that's I'm, I'm going. Uh, yeah, I'm going unders just because of 
how I think just how level the field kind of is and, and how many how many guys are, are going to be in the mix, even if I'm not overly confident we're going to see a ton of different winners. Um, mm. I think we're going to see it. I think the podium is going to cycle through pretty hardcore. And um, and obviously, you know, right now it's difficult to predict Erebus having exactly the same sort of season they had last year with all the factors at play. So I'm being harsh. I'm going unders. Yeah, it's unbelievable when you look at the numbers in 2023. But I'm kind of with you, mate. I Nothing against Todd or Jack, but... They're a long way from where Brody was last year and, and Will for part of that year. Um, he sort of tapered off at the end. That's, that's yeah. totally, and that's exactly that's exactly right. And it's not, like I said before, it's not about them not being there. We just haven't, they haven't had the opportunity to show that. So it's about them showing that now. Now, whether they can show that yeah, or it's not, a good that's, call. that's where the question mark kind of lies. And we might all have our theories on that. But yeah, it's obviously, like I say, guys that have proven to be the A-graders, there's not many of them, and Brody's right up there, and Will's very good as well. So um, that is a tough act for those blokes to follow. There's no doubt about it. That's not criticism of them. That's just a fact, no. of, fact of life. What about this? Under over 0.5, the number of new street circuits in supercars over the next five years. I'm going overs. There'll be at least one. Really? The, 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 whole, the whole Bathurst... Yeah, 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 for sure. The whole Bathurst... Season opener thing can't last. They're going to need. They want to retain that DNSW deal. They're going to have to come up with something creative there. There'll be in the next five years. There will be at least one more street circuit in supercars. I'll be uh, that. That's yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we race in Singapore in the next five years. So there's one. Um, yeah, good so call. I'm definitely going overs on that one. You what about Cessnock, mate? Do you think I can't wait to see? Uh, it's a heading no, no, up to Cessnock. You laugh. I leave my. I, I leave. You know, Speed Cafe's New South Wales correspondent Daniel Herrera, who loves everything New South Wales. He's uh he's he's on board. He reckons it's a thing. So when he's heading in that direction, right. I'm 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 inclined to go with him. All right, this one, bit of a tongue-in-cheek one. Under or over forty-four and a half. The amount of times Peter Adderton will stick the boot into supercars in twenty twenty-four. I assume you meant. February 2024 on that one, not, not the whole, not the entire year, because that's way over the odds. The odds should be terrible on that. He's definitely, he's definitely been at it, Pete, and um, he's obviously sort of kind of uh, on the inside of this whole Brody thing, and uh, has been kind of a, uh, I guess, a bit of an external uh, gauge on where things are at there. Um, probably prepared to say more and in a position to say more than 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 others inside that Brody circle have been. So, um, yeah, there'll be. There'll be plenty of boots sticking in. Mm. Pete, he loves it. Um, he loves it. That's just, just what he does. And uh, and he's not, he's, you know, to, to forget about his punctuation or whatever. He's uh, he's not a silly bloke. He's pretty smart. So um, he, do, he doesn't make, he's, he's, he, he makes plenty of very good points in the things he says, even if he definitely sort of is full throttle the whole time he's saying it. Well, he's not. Everyone's not going to be a fan of Peter Adderton, and I don't even think Peter Adderton agrees with everything Peter Adderton says. But I tell you something, he does make a lot of sense, and he does present some difficult truths uh, in the media. He does a he does yeah. a and he's a, a decent he's a job, man. Like his his job is he makes money. Yeah, guy who makes money and does it very successfully. And if you look at the way they've marketed that Boost uh, Mobile Gold Coast race, like uh, you. There is a notab- noticeable difference between the way they promote that and most other sponsors promote their individual races. You know, mm-hmm. there is a 
there is there is quite a difference. So anyway, yeah, I'll say overs as well. It's obvious, isn't it? It's a dollar ten. Um, yeah. Unders overs four and a half. The number of Formula One Grand Prix winners in twenty twenty four. There were three in twenty three. By the way, I'll go with unders. Really? Yeah, I'll go unders. I still, I still think, uh, I still think non-max wins are going to be a rarity this year. So I'll, I reckon there'll be like decent odds for unders. So I'm going to go unders on that one. What about with um, your man Christian Horner? If he's at the helm or un- not at the helm, do you reckon that makes any difference whatsoever? I'm pretty sure Max couldn't give a flying and will continue to drive <laughs> cars as fast as they go, uh, regardless of whether uh, who's running the team there. I don't think that's an issue. I find it very interesting that all these rumours around Horner seem to appear in the Dutch press first before anywhere else. Like, I'm mm. sure it's coincidental, but anyway. Um, under over four and a half, the number of GP wins left in Lewis Hamilton's career. I'm going overs here. I think really? you know, if he does, let's yeah, let's say he does a two-year stint at Ferrari, he can win more than five races. He'll make that team better. I reckon he'll make Charles Leclerc better as well. Um, yeah. And... You know, I think that there's, yeah, if he does a couple of years there, I can't, I I reckon he'll win more than, he'll win five races or more for sure. Yeah, I try to set that at a real difficult number. I I think, I think unders, but I don't mind death riding the great man. I didn't, I I could be, I could be, I know you hate Lewis for his fashion sense, but I I could have, um, I could have, yeah, I jumped at that. I might be wrong, but to me, that was an easy overs. All right, we'll head to a break and then we'll come back for the final segment, which is Rear of the Grid. And I'm already one uh, lighted nil down on the Mum's Life sticker um, mm, competition. Yep. So I've got one I'm for you to this keep week. the momentum right? going. If you're out there building, nailing, capping, chipping, smoko van stalking and radar watching, and you're on your way to chuck up some framing, you don't want to be dealing with a work truck that's been rear ended and. You could get it fixed fast by Truck Assist, insurance to keep on earning, with downtime cover to pay for that rental truck you're hiring. So get on to truckassist.com.au. It'll take five minutes and limits and exclusions apply. Consider the PDS and TMD on the Truck Assist website. Yes, welcome back to the final segment. It's Rear of Grid. Now, AVL, you're one up in the Would I Lie to You stakes. Yeah, I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to we'll go again. For those that didn't hear the first episode, I'm going to tell a story. Abiel's going to tell me whether it's a lie or whether it's the truth. Uh, we'll keep a running tally over the year, and the loser has to put a mum's life hashtag mum's life sticker on the back of their car. Proudest punch too, by the way. Um, so I'm going to make this statement. You just simply tell me: is it a lie or is it uh, indeed the truth? And sure, it might sound like that uh, pommy game show, but it's not. Um, all right. The Le Mans 24-hour, one of the big blue-chip motorsport events of the world and one of the greatest tests of endurance on both men and machine. Now, true or false, a driver has won the Le Mans uh, race driving the entire 24 hours single-handedly and won the race by a lap. True or false? I want to go with true. Again, this is like last week with the drunken Indy 500 winner. (laughs) I want it to be true. That one I wanted to be true so much that I just couldn't go past it, but uh, having just hopped off uh, collectively 60 hours of flying uh, for a for a two-day event on the other side of the world, I can't imagine your brain can possibly function that well mm. after 24 hours of driving, of being 
of being awake. So I'm gonna. I reckon this is. I reckon this is false. I think you've made this one up. That hurts. Uh, the 1950 24 hours was a watershed moment for a manufacturer named Talbot. Along with his son Louis Jr., known as John Louis, French driver Louis Rossier won the race. He drove a staggering 23-hour stint in the T26. Yes. Um, yes. In, in that, he crashed into a, a night owl, crashed in and smashed the car's windscreen, which uh, put glass into Rossier's eye. He had to replace the car's rocker arm ramp that was damaged after a failed gear change at the Mulsanne. Um, called upon his loyal mechanic and former Bugatti employee, Robert, well, let's just call him Bob, um, Bob Omatea who took 38 minutes to re- complete the repairs. He won with um, he won by a lap, and his young bloke in the entire race did two laps. So you're right. I thought I might be able to suck you in there with some detail. Yeah, good. No, that's that's good. It's amazing how people still talk about how motor racing was so much. It was so much harder to win these races back then. <laughs> like This bloke did 23 hours on his own. Like had to replace Mate. a rocker, had to pull glass out of his eye, <laughs> get his son to do a couple of laps, and he still won the race. Like it's... It's just, it's like, it's like, you know, like it's, there was, there was like such a big difference between the good guys and the rest. Oh my God. Like it's crazy. It's like, it's like, you know, as much as, you know, we all love Brocky, but like, I'm pretty sure he had lunch at the Oxford in 1979, like halfway through the race. I went for a couple of pints. Like he could just knock off for a while. Like you didn't have to try that hard um, to win back then. Like it's, uh, yeah, it's, all this stuff is much harder to win these days. He could have overshot Murray's ducked into the uni bar and tried his luck down there for half an hour and still would have won Brocky that year. Um, here's my whisper of the week. I know you're the, the newsbreaker, but I've, this is his one around the TCRs too, by the way. Um, young Clay Richards teamed up with, um, DJ Carl Mm. Cox to drive the Cooper Leon. In the opening round of the TCRs on the weekend, he went pretty well, actually, Um, with hopes that the partnership may continue for the rest of the TCR year. Now, the whisper is is that it might already be a done deal with the Clay-Cox combination to be seen at round two as well, with rumours saying that Clay-Cox may run under the banner of either porcelain penis racing or perhaps ceramic dildo motorsport. So that is big news around the Clay-Cox combination. Yeah. I thought you'd run out of Cox jokes last week, but you've, uh, you've oh, dug another one out. You are joking. I haven't even talked about hard and soft or anything yet. So um, we have a serious way to end this show. It's a fan letter of the week. You can email me at uh, formerlegend09 at gmail.com or message the show on Twitter at FCTTN Podcast. Um, but this is a simple one from Ben Logan. Dear former, is this the silliest silly season motorsport has ever seen? And finally, can Mark Marquez discover the magic on a Grassini Ducati? I sure hope so. I'll refer this to you now that you're a motor, motorcycle correspondent um, all the way from mm, Spain. Yes. Can Mark Marquez win on a uh, Grassini? Uh, look, now I do understand the rigours of riding a motorcycle <laughs> on the track at speed. Um, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, no, you should go fine. I think like getting back on. Getting on a Ducati, it seems like anyone can go pretty quick on one of those things. So a bloke that's won, uh, I think he's up to nine trillion championships across the three classes, should probably uh, should probably go pretty well, I would think. Yeah, I'm the same, mate. I really hope so too because I was genuinely concerned for Mark Marquez's health and safety last year on that Honda. I mean, they threw that thing down the road more often than it was upright. Um, and I just yeah. had this mortal fear. I remember telling you in a, in a, in a 
chat one day saying, oh, I've got a fear that we're going to turn on the TVs one morning and find out that he killed himself last night on that Honda. Um, and a couple yeah. of times they were so horrific, the crashes, I thought he might have done it. So I'm glad he's on a Ducati. I'm even happier that he's on a Grassini because they did go well last year, and I hope he does give him a good run, especially the factory Ducatis, and, and comes returns with some that greatness that we know that he does have. All right. Yeah. That'll do us for this second episode. You go and get some sleep, mate, before you jump on another plane, I'd imagine. Um, it's a little over 24 hours and I'll be flying again, so, yep. Um, that is the second episode of Full Credit of the Noise. Don't forget, you can find this show on all the socials at FCTTN Podcast. You can read AVL's excellent work at speedcafe.com. And if you want to read my stuff, head to Twitter, but don't show your kids. Um, until next time, I've been former legend. He's been AVL and he hasn't been crashing bikes. This has been Full Credit of the Noise. We'll see you at Bathurst. Bye. Full Credit to the Noise.